Hello and welcome to episode 14 of the Four Dragos Football Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Party, and today we're going to be asking ourselves, who are the Philadelphia Eagles? Let's get right on into it. Alright, so I just found out that I did not record the beginning of this episode correctly, so I'm redoing that right now. So, if you're new to this series, this is the... Who Are They series, where I go position by position and break down each NFL roster. And today, we are doing the Philadelphia Eagles. And I'm just going to be going through asking questions about each position and also giving a bit of insight of what I expect to see throughout the season. So starting off with the quarterbacks, we have Jalen Hurts, Gardner Minshew, Reed Sinnott, and Carson Strong. So Jalen Hurts really helped this Eagles offense take off in the second half of last season, but that was mostly through the run game. He's a dynamic runner, but not really a plus passer of the football right now. So he definitely needs to take that next step this season, and he's really well set up to do so. Um, He's got a plethora of receiving options, wide receivers and tight ends, as, as well as solid receiving backs, and then a really solid offensive line, potentially one of the best in the league's. He's also got this crazy hard work ethic you saw throughout his time in college, progressing at Alabama, OU, and now in the NFL each year getting better and better. Um, but right now he's essentially on a one-year prove-it deal with the Eagles, and the Eagles have two first-round picks in next year's draft and won't be afraid to use them to upgrade a quarterback either through trading them or trading up to get their guy. Um, Either way, I think the Eagles are pretty well set up at quarterback right now because they either got Jalen Hurts to be their guy or they have a way to get their guy for the future. Uh, Gardner is a very solid backup who can come in and win some games in case Jalen goes down or Jalen just underperforming. He doesn't have like the highest upside and he's got limited athleticism, but he was able to win in Jacksonville, which is saying a lot seeing that they just had back-to-back number one overall picks. Um, and he's a good locker room present, good leader, so really good backup for them to have right now. Um, I don't know much about Senate other than he's entering year three after being undrafted out of uh, the University of San Diego. See if he makes the roster. And then Carson Strong, I love this pickup for a UDFA. Um, he has great upside. What he showed in college was amazing at Nevada, but throughout the season you saw him kind of get worse. That's because he has a degenerative knee disorder. I guess he wasn't even really supposed to play this year, but he wanted to play with his teammates for one final season. Um, and this disorder can, like, if it doesn't get fixed with surgery, it could destroy his career. So if his surgery is successful and he comes back, that's a he's got solid starter upside. And he, they could that could allow the Eagles to move on from Jalen Hurts without having to give up the draft um, picks to trade up for QB or trade for a vet. So... Yeah, I just think it's a really smart move to have him on the back end of the roster. Because the worst comes to the worst, he's just not good. And you're like, okay, like, it was an undrafted free agent. Then moving on to the running backs, um, we have Miles Sanders, Boston Scott, Kenneth Gainwell, and Jason Huntley. Um, So after a hot rookie season where he looked like one of the best dual threat backs in the league, Sanders suffered injuries and drop in play failing to crack 900 rushing yards and 200 receiving yards after he had almost 900 and over 500 um receiving yards in his rookie season so can he bounce back with the rest of the offense kind of coming into form right now with um quarterback probably being good um and wide receivers offensive line being solid or is he best suited to be kind of like a complimentary back in a running back by committee team 
And then if Boston Scott going to be able to establish himself as anything in this thin running back room? Like, is he going to be able to be a serious complimentary back, or is he just going to kind of remain like a all right spell back, getting around four or five hundred scrimmage yards? I'm probably going to bet on the under or the latter if I had to. Um, I just feel like he would have shown more by now if it weren't the case, you know. And then Kenneth Gainwell, he was a rookie last year, and he did a really solid job last year in as a part of the committee, getting just short of 600 yards. I would be surprised if he did take the number two job from Scott and even convince the Eagles not to pay up for Miles Sanders and make Kenneth Gainwell their number one back in a year's time. Um, he's got that sort of upside of just whether or not he meets it, and let's see if he does this season. And then Huntley hasn't really done much that in the league, but in a thin group where there has been injuries above him, would he be able to enter the rotation and keep it afloat if called upon, or do they need to sign a vet if it comes to that? All right, and this is where it gets interesting. So we got A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith, probably like one of the best wide receiver duos in the league right now. We'll see. They haven't played together yet, but... And then Jalen Rager, Quez Watkins, Zach Pascal, Greg Ward, and Deion Kane, John Hightower, Devon Allen, and Britton Covey rounding out the roster. So, A.J. Brown's a huge get. One of the best receivers in the league, and he's only 24 right now. He will be 25 by the time the season starts, but still, that's super young. Still got at least six years left in his prime, I'd say. Um, him and Devonta Smith should be, like, the best young duo in the league. The only question is, are they going to be enough to elevate this offense and elevate Jalen Hurts to be... Uh, have this be a dynamic passing game. And then Jalen Rager needs to prove himself, and he needs to prove himself fast. He has a chance this season, as he'll rarely see double teams with the receiving options around him. But it looks like he's kind of on his way out, being phased out right now. Um, former first-round pick with really good speed. He can be a Deshaun Jackson type um, if the Eagles want. But, yeah, it, it doesn't look... The future doesn't look the best for him, but he definitely still does have the talent. And if he puts the work in, like, I don't see him being much more than the fourth receiving option just because they do also have Goddard at tight end. But he can definitely still produce, like, six, 700 yards this season. But it depends on depends on him, depends on if he uh, does improve in the assets of the game. And then Quez Watkins looked pretty solid from the start last year and he also has the versatility to be like an inside outside guy so that's a really good fourth receiver can be called upon to be the number three if Rager doesn't step it up and Zach Pascal coming over from um, Indianapolis is kind of similar to Quez in the way that he's a good depth guy like great fifth option he has that inside outside versatility bit different of a skill set Quez is more of like a speed guy but yeah and then Ward is a unspectacular slot receiver um he provides solid hands and good depth, someone who can play in the slot if you need to, but they already got like a good amount of guys who can play in the slot. So I wouldn't be surprised if um, he actually didn't end up making this roster when these guys below him did, one of these less experienced guys with higher upside, um, especially like an undrafted free agent like Devon Allen or Britton Covey. So for tight ends, they have Dallas Goddard, Jack Stoll, Tyree Jackson, and Grant Calcaterra. Um, so in the first half of this last season, as a true tight end one, Goddard looked pretty incredible. He fell just short of 1,000 yards in the season, but if he extrapolated the 10 games he had where after Ertz had left or had been traded, um, if he extrapolated that over the whole season, he would have had over 1,000 yards. So can he keep up like this sort of production and just looking good all around and be one of the top five tight ends in the league? He looks like that right now. It's just this is the season where he gets to solidify himself as that.
Um, Jack Stoll didn't really do much after becoming tied in two for this team last year. Will that change, or does like a plethora of good wide receivers have this team avoid 12 personnel, which is a two tight end package? Um, and if they do run 12 personnel, or if he does get more playing time, is he able to take advantage of that, or are one of these tight ends behind him going to step up and take his tight end two drop? So, continuing on, uh, we got Tyree Jackson. After going undrafted as a quarterback in 2019, he's trying to find his footing now at tight end. Um, there's definitely an opening here at tight end two, so let's see if he can do that. I haven't really seen him play much tight end in the league yet. I don't think he's actually gotten any snaps as actual tight end yet. So we'll see if he has. He's got definitely got a chance to be the tight end two right now because him and Jack Stoll are going to be vying for that right now. And then um, Grant Calcaterra is actually a really interesting story. So he was pretty solid as a tight end um, sophomore season at OU in 2018. But and looked like one of the top tight ends in the 2020 class. But then he retired from football following a couple of concussions and just like wanted to protect his health. However, this past season he came back and played for SMU and looked pretty good there. So he got drafted, I think, sixth round with the Eagles. And his injury history is definitely concerning. However, he does have like talent, some serious talent. So can he overcome these injuries and take this wide open tight end two job? All right, so now moving on to the offensive line. The starters right now are projected to be Jordan Mailata, Landon Dickerson, Jason Kelsey, Isaac Suamele, Suamelo, and um, Lane Johnson. Backups for tackles are Andre Dillard, Jack Driscoll, LaRaven Clark, and Jared Williams. Backup guards include Sua Opeta, Josh Sills, and K.O. Awasika. And then backup centers include... Cameron Jurgens, Brett Toth, and Jack Anderson. So, in his second season starting after taking the job from Andre Dillard, who was a first-round pick the year before him, former seventh-round pick Jordan Mailata looks like one of the top t- left tackles in the league. Um, at six foot eight, three forty, former Austrian rugby player or Australian Australian rugby player, um, he should continue his elite progress like. He's just been growing every year in the league, and no reason to see him stop now. He should be like a top three tackle in this league. I wouldn't be surprised. And he's still young, too. Um, as for Dillard, he's been all right when not struggling with injuries, but he has had to, he has struggled with injuries. So look for him to potentially play in, and he could play right guard if needed, or be a swing tackle in case Mylotta or Johnson get injured. Um, Dickerson looked like a pretty solid guard last year, and now he doesn't have to worry about being a center in the future with um, the drafting of Jurgens. So now he can just solely hone his craft at guard, and let's see if he continues to develop there. Asua Opeta held on to his roster spot. The Asua Opeta held his own in spot starts last year. He was a solid backup, and we'll see if undrafted free agent Josh Sills even makes the roster right now. Uh, Kelsey is one of the best centers in the league. He had a bit of a bounce, bit of a down 2020. However, he bounced back pretty strong, and this is probably his last season. So, how does he look going out? And then Cam Jurgen should be a great replacement for Kelsey. Very similar athlete, and he can learn from his comp. Uh, would be surprised if Toth and Anderson stuck on the roster, just because like Jurgen's already the backup. You don't really keep a bunch of centers on the roster. Worst comes to worst, also, Dickerson can play the center, and one of the backup tackles or guards can step up and play that left guard position. 
And then Ken's Suomelo bounce back after having back-to-back seasons cut short, short due to injuries? Or is he going to be demoted to backup due to inconsistent play and availability? Um, which second-year undrafted free agent OSC could be the one to take that job? Um, probably not. More likely, I see it going to Opeta, Dillard, or even Jack Driscoll. He had a couple um, starts filling in at guard last year. Um, can Lane Johnson stay healthy again? And now that he's getting up in age, how much longer does he remain one of the top right tackles in the league? Like for a solid five-year stretch, he was like, oh, best right tackle? Obviously, Lane Johnson. Um, now it's probably Tristan Wirfs or someone else, but he's still one of the top guys in the league. And does he remain that as he's getting older and dealing with injuries? And then where does Jack Driscoll play if he does play at all? Um, is he going to play right tackle in case Lane Johnson goes down? Will he play guard um, in case of injury or if he's just better than Suomelo? And yeah, or does he just remain this versatile backup that can plug a hole wherever it appears? And then will the Raven Clark or undrafted free agent Jared Williams make the roster at depth options? So for our interior defensive line, we got Fletcher Cox, Javon Hargrave, Jordan Davis, Milton Williams, Marlon Tua-Pilato, Marvin Wilson, Noah Ellis, and Rennell Wren. So this is an extremely deep group, and the Eagles love to rotate their linemen, and just with who they have here, it seems like they're going to continue that tradition. Um, Cox has been one of the best interior defensive linemen in the league, but he has declined these past two seasons. So can he stop the decline this season, or is he just getting old and past his prime? Uh, Hargrave is a pretty great pass rusher from the inside, but he isn't the strongest against the run. Um, so in a really deep group, do we see him taking off the field a lot in running situations? I believe that's the case, especially with Jordan Davis here. Um, but how does he look in year one, taking 13th overall after the Eagles traded up for him? He struggled with stamina and against the pass at Georgia. So with this deep group, it's likely that I see him being um, like just a run-stuffing tackle at the beginning and rotate out on pass uh, passing downs until he gets better conditioning and pass rushing moves. And then Williams and Tua Puladu were drafted in the third and sixth round each last year, with Williams being more of a pass rusher type and Tua Pilatu being more of a run stuffer. So how do they look in year two? And can they be the future of this interior defensive line with Davis, um, with Cox and Hargrave getting up there in age? Then everyone else here are like young depth options. So will they make the team? And if so, are they able to get snaps and make noise? As I said, a lot of rotation, so there's a chance. But yeah, we will see about that. So for edge defenders, they have Brandon Graham, Hassan Reddick, Derek Barnett, Josh Sweat, Kyron Johnson, Teron Jackson, Matt Leo, and Joe Otsman. So Brandon Graham has been a consistent like pressure or presence in the opposing backfield, but can he still be a great pass rusher at 34 coming off of uh, torn Achilles? He's more of like a pressure than a sack guy, but he's just constantly back there disrupting the passer. But yeah, he's getting up there in age, and Achilles is a really hard injury to bounce back from. Hassan Reddick has had double-digit pass these past two seasons after converting back to edge, where he played in college. But the pressure numbers haven't really been consistent with that. Like He's had a really high sack percentage, so does his pr- production regress? Or does he grow and continue to be, be a better pass rusher as he kind of has been these past couple seasons? Um, it's kind of weird that they brought back Derek Barnett, especially after re-signing Sweat and signing Hassan Reddick. 
Um, he's been unspectacular in five seasons with Philadelphia. He hit 50 pressures once in a season and has two seven-sack seasons. Uh, but both of those like highs coming in 2019. So does he see enough time in this deep like edge rotation group to earn a larger contract from the Eagles or another team? Like, does, Is he able to make a splash here, or is he just going to be like another guy on the line? Um, speaking of sweat, he had great tools coming out of Florida State and in 2018, and since then has gotten better each and each year de- uh, developing his pass rush moves and stuff. So does he continue this trend and top his 46 pressure nine sack season? Um, and then the Eagles love to rotate their linemen. So can Karan uh, Johnson, Teron Jackson, Matt Leo, and Joe Otsman take advantage of any limited snaps, if any, they get this season? And at linebackers, they have TJ Edwards, Kaiser White, Nicobe Dean, Davion Taylor, Sean Bradley, Jacoby Stevens, and Patrick Johnson. So TJ Edwards has been a really solid um middle linebacker despite not being like a the best athlete so can he continue to develop as he has these past couple of seasons and overcome his limited upside because uh, white's been a solid uh, weak side linebacker for the charges these past couple of seasons and will likely start there but he's definitely got like at risk of his job with nicobe dean in the, on this roster it was shocking that dean had fallen all the way to the third round definitely that part of that fall was due to the injury concern with his shoulder um, but the Eagles are saying that should be resolved and he should be starting the season healthy. So does he regret make the rest of the league regret not taking him earlier this season? I definitely believe he can. And after some all-right starts last year, Davian Taylor sprained his knee and missed the last seven weeks of the season. So with White and Dean being brought in, does this spell the end of his playing time here in Philly? I kind of think it does unless there's more injuries. Um, and then everyone else on this roster is mostly depth, but I do want to shout out Jacoby Stevens, former six-round pick out of LSU. He was a safety there and converted to weak side linebacker. So that's a sneaky um, sneaky breakout player right there. Like, wouldn't be surprised if Kezia White struggles a bit and Nicobe Dean just isn't ready to play yet, either due to injury or just not being like... Dean is a smaller guy, so maybe his body's not fully developed enough to play and be, like, not a liability against the run. So I won't be completely surprised to see Stevens get a good amount of snaps at weak side linebacker or dime linebacker. So this cornerback group um, includes Darius Slay, James Bradbury, Avante Maddox, Zach McPherson, Josiah Scott, Tay Gowen, and Kerry Vincent Jr. Um, so yeah, it was kind of a blessing in disguise that this week was so kind of hectic for me because this Bradbury news broke well like Tuesday and I was going to post this episode Tuesday originally so hey now I get to talk about that. Um, after a couple down years, though, Slay, he looks like his old self again, one of the least best, one of the league's best cornerbacks. Can he build off one of his best seasons now playing opposite of probably his best running mate at cornerback in his career? And yeah, Bradbury was a huge get for the squad, um, who before had a huge question mark at cornerback, too, with Zach McPherson probably going to start there. He broke out in 2020 for the Giants as one of the top cornerbacks but after a down 2021 season with a really high price tag um he got cut and now he's just signed a one-year 10 million dollar deal with the eagles which i think it's great win-win for both he gets his money and the eagles get a number two cornerback 
Um, I think he should be able to bounce back here, especially because he doesn't have to the pressure of being a number one on this team. Uh, Vontae Maddox is a really solid slot cornerback, and I don't doubt like he'll have many struggles this year. Like he's just going to continue being solid, like not amazing, not terrible, you know. And then, as I said earlier, this team apparently was ready to let Zach McPherson start opposite of Slay before Bradbury was released. Um, McPherson should get some playing time, just like with slay and bradbury being tired or maybe one of them gets like a little dinged up so when he does get that playing time does he look good enough to start down the line for this team or another like either bradbury doesn't resign slay gets older falls off a bit is like mcpherson gonna be like hey look i am ready to step up when the time comes um the rest of the this room is pretty young and inexperienced it's concerning depth to say the league the least um would any of them be able to step up if called upon? Or if there's injuries, are they better off signing a vet? Probably the latter. For safeties, they have Anthony Harris, Kevon Wallace, Marcus Epps, Jared Maiden, and Reed Blankenship. So after being one of the better safeties in Minnesota, Harris fell off in his contract year and then disappointed in a one-year prove-it deal that Philly gave him. Um, he wasn't getting many offers, so Philly was able to bring him back on another one-year deal. And can, Car- can Harris finally get back to his good days, or at 31, are those days behind him? Um, can former fourth-round pick in his third year, Kevon Wallace, step up and start? He's looked good in the limited snaps they've given him, and but can he keep that up across the whole season? If not, does Marcus Mar- uh, Marcus Epps, not Marcus Smart... <laughs> Does Marcus Epps start over Kevon Wallace? Also looking good in pretty limited reps. Um, even got a few games started in their last season. So who starts opposite of Harris between the two of them? And do they end up running a lot of three safety sets? Just because like, right now it seems like their skill levels are pretty similar. And it's like, okay, who's going to win the job? And then does undrafted free agent Reed Blankenship beat out Jared Maiden if they only decide to keep four safeties? Um, or do both make the roster and they keep five? So on special teams, they have Jake Elliott at kicker, Aaron Sipos at um, punter, and Rick Lovato at long snapper. No relation to Danny Lovato. I looked it up because I was curious. <laughs> um, Elliott's one of the best kickers in the league, and then Sipos is a pretty solid punter. Nothing that should be concerning. Um, yeah, not much special teams analyst here, but... Should be a pretty solid unit overall. And then onto the whole season projection. So in this part of the episode, I'd give a pessimistic and a optimistic overview of the roster, as well as talk about the over-under, what if I think it's fair, stuff like that, and then give their biggest strength and biggest weakness. So my pessimistic view, I think this team's floor is like a 7-10 season. Um, it's a super talented roster, but there are some things that could definitely go wrong, um, such as Hurts failing to take a step forward, and he's still like a poor throw of the football, a good runner. Um, Sanders, he continues to struggle, can't regain the hype from his rookie season, and no one else in that backfield steps up to take the pressure off. The wide receivers, they kind of struggle due to inconsistent quarterback play, and then AJ just going to a new, loca- new location. Sometimes you see them take a while to get situated. Um, Goddard is just like a solid tight end, like maybe like top 10-ish, but he's not elite like he kind of looks right now. Um, the offensive line struggles with health and the key pieces along it getting older and the youth unable to step up. 
Fletcher Cox continues to regress, and the young guys aren't able to step up in his place and take some of the burden off him. Jordan Davis remains a run specialist with poor stamina. Brandon Graham isn't himself after his injury, and no one on the ro- this rotation is able to be a number one to take pressure off the other guys. Um, TJ Edwards can't really overcome his athletic limitations, and no one steps up to be the weak side linebacker. And when Slay regresses back to what he looked like um, these past couple seasons, and Bradbury doesn't return to his 2020 form, and then Harris continues his decline, getting older, and Wallace and Epps play poorly as starters as they rotate in and out trying to find their guy on the optimistic end though i think this team can win about 11 game go 11 and 6 make the playoffs um this would happen if jalen hurts takes a year three leap with all the talent around him becoming a serious dual threat quarterback miles sanders he goes back looks like how he did as a rookie and boston scott kenneth gainwell the three of them form a pretty serious committee um, AJ and Devonta are one of the league's best duos. Like scratch out the young part, they're just an amazing duo. And Goddard solidifies his spot as a top top five tight end. The offensive line remains healthy, and the old guys don't have too much regression. And the young guys continue to grow. Um, Cox bounces back after a couple disappointing seasons, and Jordan Davis is solid right out the gate with the rest of the rotation filling in nicely. Brandon Graham comes back full strength after and is himself and the combo of Reddick, Sweat, and Barnett keep the pass rush playing at full strength with a full tank of gas. TJ Edwards continues to impress that middle linebacker, and then either White, Dean, Stevens, maybe all of them play valiantly at weak side linebacker. Um, Slay, Bradbury, and Harris, they all play at their peak forms, or close to their peak form. They all play well, and then either Wallace or Epps are able to stop, step up and fill that last secondary hole. So looking at the over-under, they're slated at 8.5 right now, and I'll probably bet the over on it. I feel like this is pretty much just a bet on whether or not you think Jalen Hurts will work out, and I'm pretty confident he will. Um, He's a super hard worker, and he has all the necessary pieces around him to succeed. And if he doesn't succeed, then yeah, like obviously they aren't going to hit this over, but... I feel pretty confident that he will. Their biggest strength right now I put as their trench play, so their offensive and defensive line. Um, their weak link on the offensive line, I believe, is still going to be a average starter. Like, whoever wins out that job for right guard right now, it looks like Suomelo. Um, but, yeah, they're still going to be, like, an average starter. And to have that as your weak link is, like, pretty – like that's pretty good, especially seeing that as that guard, which is the least valuable O-line position. And then on their D-line, they also have – they have great depth, so they can keep rotating um, guys in and out to keep them fresh and ready. And then they also have upside with um, Cox and Hargrave, Jordan Davis. Like They've got depth and upside, so it's just a great combo to have. Um, I also consider putting their biggest strength as pass catchers because AJ, Devante, and Goddard has a chance to be nasty this season. The biggest weakness I put as quarterback uncertainty. Like Quarterback isn't their biggest weakness, but... If they aren't going to hit their 8.5 over-under, uh, it will be because of Jalen Hurts, I believe. Um, they He can't play like he did last year, so run heavy and expect to win and have the same results again. Um, especially with these amazing wide receivers out there, like they need to pivot to more of a pass game and take advantage of that. Um, if he does pro- progress and prove to be a strength for the team, I'd probably say linebacker safety is their biggest weakness right now. There's a lot of uncertainty over there.
all right guys thank you for sticking around um so another great episode hopefully i'll get another one out in just like a day or two i want to really pump these out i'm having a lot of fun doing them um if you're on youtube like comment subscribe let me know what you guys think so far if there's anything you want me to change about the format or anything like that if you're on apple podcast spotify anything like that leave a five-star review and or rating and leave a review too um follow me on my twitter i'm gonna leave it on in the description down below fpf underscore podcast and yeah i'll see you all in a couple days thank you